0: Welcome to the Ionahoops.com podcast with your host, Guy Flatico. What up, y'all, and an early happy Thanksgiving. I tell you one thing, we should be thankful for these Iona Gales because they put up one hell of a show last night in Mohegan Sun against Vermont. We'll look back at the win, and we've got the full audio of the press conference with Rick Bettino, Beric Jean-Louis, and Dan's, Dennis Jenkins as well. A little different format in this episode. We've got just one Iona Iota that we'll get to in a second. We have no news for the offer roundups. So we'll bypass that. Um, we'll look back at Vermont and then we'll preview next weekend's game against Santa Clara and Vegas, baby. So let's roll into things with the Iona Iota singular. Iona Iotas. Call this Iota fun with numbers. Uh, we'll take a statistical look at the Gaelster three games. First, the offense. Iona scoring 75.7 points per game, shooting 45.5% overall, Hmm, just 31.3% from three, but about 74.2% free throw shooting. How about that? The Gales are out-rebounding opponents by 3.3 per game, and the Gales have put up 16.3 assists per game and are only turning the ball over 7.3 times per game. That's remarkable when you consider the tempo we play at, or at least try to play at. Uh, the team has an assist to turnover ratio of 2.2. That has to be one of the higher numbers in the country as well um, on defense. Iona is allowing just 61 points per game, just 41% shooting just 28.8% from three. Imagine what that number would have been if we had played a little more D against Hofstra um, and the Gales are blocking 5.3 shots per game, which is probably a low number because I think that box score last night against Vermont was a little shaky. Iona had, three blocks, I think, in the first three minutes, and he had just three blocks in the whole game. Anyway, that's just me venting. The uh, Gale's also averaging uh, seven steals per game, which is a pretty healthy number as well. Um, so there's no gripes on the defensive side of the ball, really. On offense, maybe a bit of a surprise early, as all five Gale's starters are averaging in double figures. No one on the bench averages more than four points per game. Uh, for the five starters, Quinn's two-game average of 18 points per game still leads the team. And he's followed by Dennis at 17.3, Barrick at 15.3, Nelly at 12.7, and Clayton at 10.7. Uh, in terms of shooting, it's been the Barrick show. He's shooting 74.1% overall and 62.5% from three. Uh, meanwhile, Nelly's at 55.2% overall. Dennis is 40% from three. Quinn is 35.7% from three. So some pretty good numbers there. On the bad side, you know, Walter Clayton's been struggling from three. He's uh, the only real blemish. He's shooting just 20% from deep after three games. I'm sure he'll find the rhythm as we move on. Um, speaking of moving on, the five starters were also averaging a minimum of 4.7 rebounds per game, led there by Nellie, who's got eight per game, and Quinn with 7.5. Three gals averaging three assists or better, led by Clayton's 4.3 per game, with Dennis at 3.7 and Quinn at three. Nelly's been tremendous on the defensive end, averaging two steals a game to lead the team. And, of course, he's also averaging 2.7 blocks per game to lead the team. And, again, I feel like he had a whole lot more than whatever that box score said last night. Anyway, uh, so a lot to digest there, numbers-wise. And we're going to take another peek at all these numbers, again, down the line, as well as where Iona falls into Ken Palm and some other uh, statistical uh, data sets. All right, let's recap last night's win over Vermont at Mohegan. By the way, I want to mention everybody likes to make jokes about uh, my Mac picks. Uh, I had Temple and the over last night. Cha-ching, people. I cashed in. Anyway, let's go back to Vermont. Gale's fans started the night off with some scary news. No Quinn Slazinski The high-scoring forward has a high ankle sprain, which will keep him on the shelf for a bit. We don't really know how long it's a high ankle sprain. could be a couple weeks, could be less, could be more. We don't know. We just None of us are doctors calling chill out, people. We'll often just wait and see. Um, no reason to rush him back, that's for sure. Um, so bad news going into a game against one of the better mids in the country, right? I mean, we're going to be in trouble here. Think again. Barrick Jean-Louis slid over to the four for this one and took all of Quinn's scoring duties, apparently, as he poured in a career-high 23 as Iona cruised over the catamounts 71-50. to Barrick you just went off early, and, I, and like you blinked an eye, and Iona was up 23-8 to eight in this one. Vermont really never threatened. They got it into single digits, but they were never really a threat. You never felt like Iona was in danger. Um, coming off the Hofstra game and the Barrage of Threes, the pride made, you knew three point defense would be the focus here, and sure enough, Vermont made just two of 12 on the night. Barrick and Dennis, Dennis actually had 20 points in his own right, uh, combined to shut down Catamount star Dylan Penn, holding him to just 10 points. Clayton added 14 points. Like I said, he's been struggling from three, he just made one of seven last night. Um, Nelly was obviously the focal point for Vermont. Um, they actually really took him out of this game, he was just two of three from the field, and he had eight points t- in total. Cruz Davis got the start in place of Quinn, and he had five points. Um, so let's see what Coach Patino, Barrick, and Dennis all had to say in this one in the post-game press conference. got going to apologize early for the quality of the audio. The actual recording was much worse than this, and to the miracle of auto audio editing software, I actually made it a little better. So this is the better version you're going to hear. It was not quality, but hey, we got it. I have audio. You can hear what they all have to say. So anyway, enjoy the presser.
1: First, we'd like to thank the Hall of Fame for having us. We've made a schedule this year uh, with stealing pages from Gonzaga. You know, I won't be around long enough to build a Gonzaga-type program, uh, but we're, what we're trying to do is schedule great teams, great coaches, and tonight was no exception. This Look, they, they just traveled 8,000-plus miles, and our strategy was just to press them, kill the break, and try to wear their legs out because they – they just played a grueling schedule. I've never gone against Coach Becker. I'm real happy I haven't. He tonight was not an indication. He is a not a good coach, a great coach. He reminds me of being back in the EuroLeague, where if you put a guy in the game and they have a size advantage, right away they're gonna to go to that guy. They're gonna create a switch and go to that guy. He's a, just an outstanding coach, outstanding. And we took advantage of their legs tonight. Uh, if, if they didn't have that type of travel, it would be a much closer game. These two guys played their tails off. Beric uh, is not only our best defensive player, but he tried to take Quinn's spot tonight, and he did more than a, a great job. We were nine to 17 on the break, and they were 1 for 3. So that that was a, a big play. And the man to my left here, Davis Jenkins, is... Uh, I've coached a lot of great guards because obviously I coached Kentucky and then I coached Louisville, and he can play for both of those teams. That's how good he is. And he's a tremendous young man. So we're, we're super happy uh, to get this victory because of the amount of respect that we had from Vermont. Any questions for Dan, sorry. Barrett. Barrett, he the you're one of the oldest days with been in the ring for three years. He's always you praised your defense, but what can you say about your evolution as well? Well, um, this all summer, I know I play defense, so I was mainly working on my jump a lot, and just being confident and shooting the ball. I felt like I got than last year, so this is something the ball, with me. Shooting it like it's going to happen every single time. Okay. DJ, third game with Rick. What can you say about this system that brings out the best of your game and how you've evolved now to play high uh, off um, he just challenges he challenges us on both ends of the floor. On my offense, he challenges us to push the pace, and on defense, um, get after him. And that's the way I love to play. So it's great for me. So he just challenges me every single night, and I, I like I like challenges. Um, with well, when out, how did that change
0: how you guys approach a game on
1: both ends of the floor? well, we got hurt yesterday, so right when it happened, we just had big changes and. Um, they were not that big, so we matched up with them perfectly. So we just go me at the four, and we never had to run that many plays. I just told them five plays that I know, you could <laughs> just go at them, at least a try, or go five out. DJ, more pressure to try to reduce more when something um, like Colleen is not out there? I wouldn't necessarily say more pressure, but obviously someone else has to step up, and obviously the, the, the other starters have oh. to do more. So um, I wouldn't say pressure, but we also knew that we had to step our game up and um take over what what, what Q brings to the table. We had to we had to make up for that. Good job, not available yeah, I don't, I don't judge him by the threes. What we tried to work on with him with player development is to make the mid-range shot and layups. He was always, if you notice how many free throws he shot last year, I think it was 18 on the season. He was always afraid to get fouled. So he was constantly taking shots before the ability to drive. So we want him to drive more because he's so fast. He's evolving into a very good basketball player. When I tell you, like yesterday, in a token warm-up drill, Quinn goes down and we have no backup format. Oz is just coming back from his injury. So we got to play Beric at the four. And all we did was teach him the plays at the four spot the entire time. So it was difficult. But what we lost with Quinn, we gained with defense, because Beric, uh, we were able to switch the whole night. They took advantage sometimes of the switches, but you know we held them to three fast breaks. And the thing I'm really really proud of is we're not turning the ball over. We're playing at fast pace, but not turning it over. Nine turnovers in the game, which is great. Coach Quinn not there. That's 30 minutes a game work. I for all the other players the mentioned. Can you tell us what you thought about the guys who come the tonight? I thought we were very intense, very hungry. We were very upset we lost to Hofstra. But we realized that Hofstra's a terrific basketball team. And we realized Santa Clara's a terrific basketball team in New Mexico, and St. Louis, and Princeton, and uh, SMU in the SMU in the Hawaii Classic. So we're going to have these type of games make you better. Last year, I felt we had a little bit of fool's gold. Uh, in certain areas, this year, we're going to earn every victory. And tonight, we busted our ass to earn. We, our respect level for Vermont is very, very high. We've highlighted the schedule this season, but does it concern you at all to only have four games at the end of November going into that That was by design, because we only had, we have, Anton's new. Danis is new. Uh, Buck uh, is new. Michael Jefferson. Uh, Cruz is new. So we, we, we wanted to schedule very few games in the month of November to let them learn the system. And tonight we had three different presses that I haven't used since Kentucky. So they're learning that. And we need time to pick up all those things. So we, we did that by design. The only mistake we made in scheduling is one of our systems. Booked a 9:30 game in Las Vegas, and he forgot to realize it's a 12:30 game for us. So this coming week, we're going to practice at 9:30 and 10 o'clock at night to get ready for Vegas. Coach, uh, you have to beat him by nine, Pino. what's that? I'm calling you by your name.
0: Oh,
1: Pivo. Pivo explained to me how he got his nickname in Montauk. So uh, <laughs> he, he took 45 minutes to explain it, but uh, he got through it. <laughs> so, you had you them by nine in the first half. In the second half, they, they you know, they shaved it down. I, I see they got it to seven, and then you beat them by 12 in the second half. Was that um, them play, playing better offensively, or was it a... Was it... Well, we, we switched a lot. And when we switched, they took advantage inside, but we said, we don't care. If they score inside off our front, so be it. We're not giving up the three. We're not going to give up the three. And you look at the stats, they were 2 for 12 from the 3 point line and they can be lethal from the 3 point line. So we weren't going to give up the 3. You had to give up something on the switch. We did a good job of fronting and certainly, you know, they shot 42% for the game and 16% from the 3 3 point line. So, we had to give up something and uh, they'll execute well. They're They're a terrific passing team and execution team. Thanks,
0: guys. This one behind us, let's look ahead to next weekend's game against Santa Clara. As Coach Bettino just said in the presser, this one's in Vegas, and it's got a crazy start time for us East Coasters. Midnight Eastern. Oy, time to fire up the espresso. Hey, all! Remember the last time Iona and Santa Clara met? Of course you do. It was the first year of the Tim Cluis era, and the finals of the 2011, 2011 CIT at Heinz, and the Broncos came in and topped us 76-69. Payback time, baby. Well, at least we hope so. The Broncos are good again. In case you didn't know, they cruised to a pair of home wins to open the season against two well Mac-level type teams, then got rocked at Utah State, which is a Opponent for ION in Hawaii, by the way. Um, and then last night, Santa, Santa Clara um, topped the Paul 69 61 last night in the first round of the Bahamar Bahamas tournament. And they're going to be facing Central Florida, winners over Oklahoma State last night, in the finals of the, of the event tomorrow at 7 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network. So there's something for you guys to watch. Uh, that'll be worth it. Um, Santa Clara was going to return home for a non D1 game on Wednesday before heading to meet us in Vegas. So what do the Broncos do well? Well, they play fast. They're fifth nationally in, te- in Ken-, Ken-, Ken Palm's tempo, and their defense is 85th in Ken Palm. For comparative purposes, Iona's is 81st. Um, and like Iona, they're very good at denying the three. On O, they hit the glass hard to the tune of averaging 12 offensive boards per game. And overall, they out-rebound opponents by nine per game. Individually, the guy to watch is the guy who's been making some headlines if you've been following on Twitter or just college basketball in general. 6'5", sophomore guard Brandon Podziemski. How about 24.3 points and 9 rebounds per game, 45.8% from three. Hello, Beric. We've got a job for you. Um, so he is the guy to watch for sure. They've got a sophomore guard Carlos Stewart. who averages 10.8 per game. And graduate student guard Carlos Marshall averages 10 a game. But make no mistake. Podziemski is the guy I only needs to shut down while keeping the others off the glass, apparently. Um, and this roster has seven guys who are 6'7 or bigger, so that is no small feat either, especially if we're forced to play a bit smaller without Quinn. Ken Palm, at the moment, today, this morning, Saturday morning, has us as a two-point favorite at the, against, against Santa Clara, at, again, at the moment. But let's see what happens with the Santa Clara-UCF game tomorrow night and how that might change the numbers. Either way, this is going to be a tough game, and not just because it's past my bedtime. Happy Thanksgiving to Gale Nation. Enjoy the turkey and stuffing and whatever else you'll, you'll inhale, as I know I'll be doing. Hopefully we'll have some Broncos for dessert come late next Saturday night. Until next time, Iona fans, go Gales, and thanks for listening as always. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IonaHoops.com podcast.
1: This podcast is a production of IonaHoops.com with publisher Guy Filadico. The opinions shared during this podcast are those of Guy Filadico, IonaHoops.com, and any featured guests. This podcast is not affiliated with Iona University Athletics or the university itself. Thank you for supporting IonaHoops.com.